L.Y. Eagles podcast on a Tuesday. What a show we have for you coming up. Zach Berman, Bo Wolf, Brian Baldinger at the top of the show to give us his weekly insight ahead of a big game this weekend, the last game for the Eagles before the bye. And then at the end of the show, we're going to be joined by one of the greatest Eagles of all time. You. Not an Eagle. But also Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox stopping by the studio. Uh, We had a chance to catch up with him earlier. We're going to Show you that, and we're excited to do that. But before we do it, we're uh, pretty much ready for Baldy. But but Zach, uh, how are you feeling? You, you've got the good posture going. You look good. You. Feel well. Uh, it is trade deadline day. It's also Halloween. Uh, it's also we had Fletcher Cox in studio. We it's have also Jane's now. birthday. Well, what's that? It's also Jane's birthday today. Happy birthday, Jane! Thank you very much. I knew that. I remember that. The Ben Denucci night. That's right. Yes. Uh, that's that's the headline here. So big day. A great show, packed show. Excited for it. All right. Do we have uh, Do we have Baldy Andrew? All right. Good to go. Uh, let's Let's talk to the man now. The man who has uh, all the scoop. Bald, you are like the big. You know, we've got like three TVs out here, and like it's like two of the three have you on them at, at a different time. Like you're, you're all over the place. You're the, the hardest working man. I have man no idea. I, I, the only TVs I have on in here right now, Bo, is is uh, game footage of. Uh, you know, whatever game I, I was just watching this play in Pittsburgh. I was talking through it with Kurt Warner. So I was just seeing, you know, what Pickett should have done, what he didn't do, why their offense is a mess. So anyways, I was just going through that. So just I'm good here, guys. Happy That's a nice, I like that. That's I a good You guys flex. all got dressed up for today, man. I see you're in the, th- the theme of it. Yeah, I like that. Um, so I guess let's, let's you know, it feels like there's not too much to unpack from the, the commander's game itself, but one aspect that, that I would like to ask you about is, is something that we've talked about, and that's sort of the, uh, the, the downturn in the Eagles running game a little bit. Um, how much of that is offensive line driven by some of the changes that, that we've seen? How much is the way that opposing teams are playing them? What's, what's your uh, sort of assessment there? I'll be honest with you, Bo. It, to me, it just looks like lack of commitment. You know, the one thing I can say since Nick Sirianni took over, I don't think this had anything to do with Brian Johnson. Like, do in any given game, I go back to like last year when he ran for, you know, I don't know, 350 yards against Green Bay. Like, they would run the same plays over and over again. Like, they'd get into a rhythm of certain plays, Indianapolis last year, and they would just wear those plays out. And I just don't see the commitment to it right now. And so I think that's what's missing the most because every, you know, Dickerson and Malata over there, like that's a powerful left side. They just want to lean on people and beat on people the way we saw Detroit do in the second half last night. And, you know, a lot of these games have been, you know, fairly close. Miami was close for a while. Washington was close. And so I think they're throwing it to get the lead right now. And they're not really getting into any kind of a rhythm to run it. That's my biggest issue right now, to answer your question about that. 
And as a, as a follow-up to that, a big part of their running game is Jalen Hurts being plus one in the running game and the RPRs with Jalen clearly banged up. Do you think that's affecting what they're doing on the ground? A little bit. You know, Zach, I, I mean, I think they could turn around and hand the ball to DeAndre Swift, you know, without, uh, you know, having option reads and including Jalen. I think if you just want to line up and knock people off the ball, I'd put, you know, a lot of money on the guys up front for the Eagles. You know, a lot of these, these – uh, plays are RPOs, so they could run it, you know, or they could throw. I mean, it's up to Jalen to decide. And I thought, you know, one of the sacks last week, I think Montez Sweat got it. It's an RPO. And, you know, uh, Kelsey is pulling and they're folding the play. And, you know, I don't know why they just didn't hand it to Gainwell on the play, but he didn't. And then they, they blitzed him and he was under duress and took a sack. But, you know, some of these, when we get into – you know, runs, passes, you you have to factor in the RPO. And was it, should they have run it? Did they make the right decision throwing it off it? Because it's really up to Jalen to decide. All right, Baldy, I think like we should sort of turn the page a little bit to, to the Cowboys game because it's obviously a huge game. Uh, the start of this brutal six-game stretch for the Eagles, last yep. game before the bye. And, you know, you could see if they win this game on Sunday, there's a there's a little bit of a separation within the division and even within the conference for the Eagles. What is, uh, if, if you are Nick Sirianni, what is the the number one thing that you are worried about this week and how, how can you sort of try to fix whatever that one thing is? Well, I mean, they're an opportunistic defense. I mean, Deron Bland has stepped in for Trayvon Diggs. I don't know, he, to me, he's the MVP of the whole Cowboys team, not just defense, the whole team. Like, he's got four interceptions. He had another pick six last week. Um, like, he stepped in, stepped up. And, you know, he's all over the field, you know, covering uh, Nakua last week. You know, you name it. He's been outstanding. So, you know, you, you throw late on the outside to him. He's just sitting there waiting on this stuff. Like, he's got he's got a good rhythm. He's got a good eyes. Um, you know, he's looking to take it to the house. Now, now, that being said, they've got great team speed on defense. And to me – the way that you always counter speed is what we were just talking about before is like, I would run right at this Cowboys team. Just, just pound. I pound them with, you know, power runs, pulling guards, pulling tackles, um, you know, gut plays where you're pulling Kelsey onside guard, whatever. Like I would, I wouldn't try to negate their speed and Parsons effect by running the ball out. And that's what Arizona did this year when they beat them. That's what San Francisco did to them. Like and when they beat them badly, like, that's how you negate the speed. Because what they want to do, honestly, is they play four safeties. They play this marquee spell down the box with Clark right now. And then they've got, you know, they've got Curse and they've got uh, Hooker. And, you know, they've got their safeties. And that's what they that's why they look so fast. Is they got all these 205-pound safeties on the field. And you gotta you gotta make a pay for that. And so to me, that's what I would do. Obviously, Micah Parsons is uh, the player in focus when the Cowboys are on defense. The Eagles had an interesting approach in that first game last year, that, that Sunday night game when they beat them, uh, where it was almost like if, if you don't block them, read them. Um, what's the approach do you think they'll, they'll take with Parsons on Sunday? Well, I've been listening to Micah talk. He thinks the Eagles are the best team in football by far. So, um, you know, on his podcast, it's pretty interesting. Maybe he's just, uh, you know, laying in the weeds here. I He's always doing the think that you've got to have a plan. Material. Well, I mean, you know, so you know, he's avoiding all that. He's smart enough for that. But, you know, what, they're, what Dan Quinn's doing, like last week, 
you know, he got a sack because they really designed a play just for him where they put him isolated on the center. They took both defensive tackles and pass rushed him outside. So he had this big, you know, this big room to run around Coleman Shelton, the center, and he, he beat him cleanly and took down uh, Stafford for the sack. But, you know, they, they do a lot with him. They, they line him up at an inside linebacker. They both sides, they're now lining him up to defensive tackle. So no matter where he goes, it's a little bit like what they did with Aaron Donald a couple weeks ago. Like I imagine, what's today? Today is Tuesday. Tomorrow when they start game planning this thing, I can imagine them literally as a group saying, okay, Mike is over here. He's outside Lane Johnson. Like where's the back? Is the slide going this way? Like you got to have two sets of eyes on him, regardless of who's blocking. Um, sorry, we were a little distraction over there. Um, I think that's fair. On the other side of the ball, Baldy, how how well is is Dak playing right now? Um, I think since that Niners game, it seems like he has uh, turned things up a little bit. Well, he played his best game last week, and really, he he usually plays well when he gets the ball to C.D. Lamb. C.D. was targeted 15 times last week. I think he had 12 catches. He had the two touchdowns. They just seem like they're in a better rhythm when C.D. gets the ball. And they really had a good game plan against the Rams. They blocked well up front. Aaron Donald didn't ruin their party. And they they put C.D. all over the place. You know, they got him isolated on safeties. They ran him uh, on all kinds of motions. Um, I always feel like that's kind of like his – I know it's his guy. but it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles play him. Like, would they match up? I don't think they will. It's not what they do. But would Slay go with CD? He plays so much inside. I can't see the Eagles doing that. But you got to have a game plan for him. But you know, Dak's played better. You know, if, if he's, you know, he 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 gets in trouble like a lot of quarterbacks in this league when it's late in the progression and the pocket is collapsing on him, and all of a sudden he's a little bit off balance. And he doesn't have time to really step into his throws and the ball comes out late or whatever. And that's what leads to his interceptions. When he's like, he just gets a little frozen late if he can't get rid of the ball quickly. It's interesting. You, you say that about Slay because a big part of this Eagles defense is, is built around having two outstanding corners on the outside. And it seems like Bradbury is not quite having the season that he had last year. What's the film showing you? Well, Zach, you go back to the Super Bowl. I mean, it, it. you know, I don't know that he can run as well as you need to run on the outside with some of these guys right now. He's been in the league for a while. Um, you know, he's had – certainly he's had his share of success. But, you know, at some point, you know, guys are going to double move you. They're going to run by you. You know, he got caught a couple of times in the Super Bowl where he's just sort of grabbing when they do those kind of things. Um, you know, if I was – James, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd play off ball a little bit. And just use his uh, experience uh, and what he what's coming at him, the, reading the routes. But if you're asking him to go press these guys right now, I don't know if that's the best way to play James. And obviously, you know when they put him in the slot that one maybe it was just one week. But when they played him in the slot, it wasn't good at all. And they went out and you know signed uh, Roby and all these different guys because they knew it, it just you know wasn't going to work. Yeah, we have we have seen some games from the Eagles this season in which they will they will give Slay a couple reps inside uh but I, I would imagine as with most of Sean Desai's plans we're going to see uh, a little bit of everything uh, in in Kevin Byron's first game you know just first game still getting acclimated anything pop to you mm, he, he, you know I've known Kevin a long time and going back to middle Tennessee state and he didn't he didn't look 
fast to me. He didn't look like he was playing fast, which I expected because it's new and he's getting these calls late and he's, you know, he he's very smart. So it's not like he doesn't know what's going on, but it's, you know, it's a lot to digest uh, in four days to get ready for a game. I, you know, he made the tackles that were his to make. Uh, he's a good tackler. Um, I expect him to play faster as these weeks go on. He gets more acclimated to playing with different playing with Sydney or playing with Reed or playing on the same side as Slay. <clears throat> you know, I, I just think he's got to react quicker than some of the things that we saw last week. A few minutes ago, Fletcher Cox was in studio here with us, and 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 we we're talking to him about the the season that he's having here. He's playing seventy percent plus of the snaps, year twelve, uh, and it it seems to be. It seems it seems to be one of his better years in recent years. What are you seeing from him when you watch? You know, I, I remember seeing him down the field, Zach, um, prior to the Jets game, and he was talking to you know some reporter for Fox or whatever, and you know he was just saying like I, I'm just healthy, you know. I mean, I just think he feels good right now. Now, look, they've had injuries to Marlon and to Jalen, and different guys have been out of the lineup, and so um, you know he's had to play more reps this year. But I think he's just I think he's healthier. I think the young guys, like I, I know Lane Johnson feels this way. Like I think when you're an older guy like like Fletcher, you need to be rejuvenated, not in a way of, okay, I got to get myself, um, I don't know, lose weight or get in better shape. It's, it's You need to be energized by the guys around you. And I think seeing Jalen and seeing Jordan and seeing some of these young guys, Nicobe, like I think it's fun being around young guys that are good players. And I think those guys, to me, Zach, have energized him. I know like Landon Dickerson, you know, he he energizes Lane. Just, you know, the way that he tinkers and thinks and, you know, the stuff that he says. And so, you know, like, look, coach speak, you're sitting in these meetings, you know, for Fletcher now, his 12th year, whatever it is. Like, you've heard everything. You know every single check, whatever you can do. Um, you you need the guys around you to make it fun. And I, I feel like these young guys – have sort of energized some of the older guys on the team. Baldy, it is wild how much you know exactly what you're talking about because that is basically what Fletcher <laughs> told us. So uh, you are really? you are the, yeah. the maestro for a reason. We, we, we thank you for the insight as always, and yeah. we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, guys. Yeah, you bet, man. Thanks, Baldy. Uh, another, you know, I feel like we're getting the, uh, the hero read on Baldy hmm. often because he does happen to often be our hero, but hero bread is what you need if you're looking to have a little bit more of a carb-conscious bread situation. Uh, here's the deal with Hero Bread. The taste and the texture. This bread is soft and fluffy and delicious. It's the primary nutritional interest, high fiber and ultra-low net carbs and zero grams of sugar per slice. Uh, the, the discount code PHLY for 10% off at Hero.co. Hero makes sliced breads, buns, and tortillas that are available on Hero.co and Amazon. Fewer calories than the leading national brand, 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. So right now, Hero Bread is offering the PHLY fam 10% off their first order. Just go to Hero.co and use our code PHLY to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today. What a call by Baldy. Exactly what, what Fletcher says, which you'll get to see at the end of the episode, which we're looking forward to. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. And uh, I thought it was interesting, too, when uh, Baldy was 
was really getting into what Dak Prescott's doing well right now. Um, and, and hitting CD lamb, that's going to be something we're going to get into quite a bit these next few days. We actually have a bonus episode this week because, uh, it's, it's Dallas week, right? It was, it was always a big thing at, at the Novacare Complex at the beginning of, yes. of Dallas week. The cameras would, would go around and say... Sirianni's got his t-shirt on. Yeah, beat Dallas shirt. That how, again. Yeah, how excited are you for Dallas week, right? But look, this is a big deal. And this is a big game. Um, this is So uh, I'm fascinated to see what they do against Micah Parsons. I thought that strategy... And it was actually right before the bye last year, too, that they played Dallas. And it was a huge win. Um, so I'll be listening to what Baldy said there, seeing if if the, if that's applicable. And then it was, it was the the bland information um, was good, and I was actually and it wasn't bland. But you know what? I actually had that uh, in my notes for mm. Thursday when we we're breaking down the roster. So. Um, Cats out of the bag. Yeah, cats out of the bag. Okay. Well, um, we've still got a lot to talk about, Zach. And we are about two hours and 13 minutes right Mm. now away from the trade deadline. A few moves made around the league, including one by the Eagles yesterday. I wonder if the Stone Cold Newsman has anything on that front. So Montez, oh, oh well, so so you so yesterday. Either way, I'm, I'm sorry. Whatever about you that. want to talk about. I was pulling up the read here um, for the next one, uh, but yeah, yesterday the Eagles traded Contavious Street to the Atlanta Falcons. Now it was announced by both teams as a 2025 seventh round pick from the Eagles and Street for a 2024 sixth round pick. Uh, some of the national reporters, um, I, I saw what I believe from Ian Rappaport said that it's actually a conditional. Sixth round pick. He has and to play in six it, games. He has to play in six games. So, so that's Jimmy the condition. Jimmy has us covered there in the tracker. Yeah. So I don't think this signals anything that the Eagles are doing. The Eagles are particularly deep at defensive tackle, as as we've noted. I know Street is playing more than Marlon Tui Pelotu, but Tui Pelotu is their backup nose tackle right now, right? So uh, I know they have Noah Ellis on the practice squad, but they probably didn't want to. They a few things here. First off, the Eagles are going to have to make some moves. I think that's a big um, part of it. You know, they're they're going to have Cam Jurgens come off IR. Uh, they're they're going to have to bring Julio Jones back or up to the fifty three. This this could be his last act activation. Uh, so they're going to need to open two roster spots and D tackles a spot where they're especially deep. And then the other thing is Moro Ajomo. Uh, On the come. How many O's? Well, he's got five O's. Okay. But the, the question is, what percentage are we talking oh, about? And what, he's okay with 55% O. 55%, 56% O. 56% O. Is, uh, he, he played well this summer, and he could potentially be that, you know, what you're talking about is like your fourth or fifth. He could take, deep, he could take seven snaps, yeah. Exactly. So I, I think that was more the impetus of the move. It gives the Eagles a little more draft capital uh, for 2024. They, they're anytime you can move up from the seventh to the sixth, you kind of like that. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And uh, now it's not a, because it's conditional. It's and, not a, and in a different year too. Yeah. Uh, a pick this year is always worth more than a pick next year. Although the Eagles kind of take advantage of, of that in the inverse way, you yes. know, they, they like to move up around the following year. I think it's, I think this is uh street was probably the guy who was going to get cut anyway. Yep. And, it's a good sign, I think, about Jalen Carter's health this week because if Jalen Carter wasn't going to be able to play this week, yeah. then they, they wouldn't have traded one of their depth defensive tackles. Probably. That's a good point. And and uh, the the Falcons lost Grady Jarrett, so they're in need of D-tackle help. Bruce Feldman, the outstanding college football reporter from The Athletic, 
had a, a, a the connection that Ryan Nielsen, the D coordinator for the Falcons, was Street's position coach at NC State. Uh, so interesting. Also, at with the Saints last year, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So a background there. Uh, good point. I didn't think about that one. That's a good point. Uh, so that's that's a big deal there. Um, I see actually in, in, in front of me, Josina Anderson's reporting that the Vikings are trading for Josh Dobbs. Okay. Really? Actually, Tom Pelissero had it had it first. It's a, that makes sense. It's I guess. a pick swap, a six seven. That's uh, it. Type pick swap. Interesting. Here, according That's to, the best they can do, huh? According to Josina and uh, Clayton Toon starting this weekend for. Well, I saw the that. Uh, and then earlier today. That's the best they could do. The, the Vikings, if they want a quarterback. All right. Earlier today, uh, Montez Sweat. Josh's brother. Not Josh's brother. Hello, Josh is younger than Montez. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the advantage of drafting young players, right? Yes, Montez is an old. He's also good. Uh, but is he that good? He is good. Is but he a Montez round Sweat, pick good top ten pick in the second round. So Montez Sweat to the Bears lesson. for a second round pick. Okay, and you're talking about a high second round pick here. Montez Sweat in a vacuum is, you know, that's that'd be the going rate for like an edge rusher of his ability uh, and his and his frame and, and whatnot. But he's a pending free agent here. I imagine the the Bears. Um, I mean, I would hope for the Bears' sake that they have a deal worked out here uh, to to keep him. But you you got to think like, was a team going to sign Sweat before free agency? I would rather have a top forty pick, and the Bears are loaded with money. Yes. like go sign Sweat this offseason or Chase Young, right? This offseason. Yeah, now it's probably easier said than done to say go sign him because sure. a different team could have traded for Sweat and signed yes. him to an extension. Same for Chase Young. There's no getting like, usually the guys who get to free agency are are damaged mm-hmm. goods to some uh degree. But like you would have thought that they learned their lesson last year not to be giving up second round picks. Like they need good yeah. players and they have a lot of money to spend, but just feels short sighted. Yeah, I uh I mean it's the second straight year the Bears gave up a high second round pick, right? Yeah last year for Claypool and uh, I mean I thought it was a I, th- I thought it was a lot last year but but at the time you were getting a guy for a year and a half and you thought Claypool had the upside that trade clearly didn't work out um the Canadian uh what's what's the name they use what's his nickname something with Canada okay the I don't know <laughs> I don't know the chat might know but I th- I thought this was a pretty steep price for Montez Sweat given that he's a pending free agent Although, well, here, think about this last year. Roquan Smith got what? A f- the Bears got what for, for Roquan? A third? Was it a third or, or a second? Was it a third or a second yeah. uh, from the Ravens? So uh, that, 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 that was a similar situation. Okay. To Giants years. also trading a defensive lineman yesterday. Yeah, Leonard Williams. And they got a second for him as well. Yeah, going so, rate, I guess. That's the going rate. I didn't like that deal either. No, but we talked yesterday about this. Opportunity is a lengthy is not a lengthy uh, yeah. visitor, right? And big trade this morning, by the way. Where were you when you found out mm. James Harden was traded? I was lying in bed. At what time? Um, I don't know when I when I saw the Harden news. It might have been, might have been like six forty five, something like that. Okay. Yeah, tough night at the Wolf household. Stomach bug running through uh, running through the house. So I slept on uh, a different floor with Casey. So that Rachel and Jane could sleep, uh, and uh, yeah, a lot, lot, lot of time in bed, but not a lot of sleeping t- done. Glad I'm about like yeah. two feet from you right now. Yeah, yeah that's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I I, I and saw. Of course, it. the uh, people don't know this. They now this is our new routine with with the new show. Is that before and after every show, I give you a big kiss on the lips. No, that does not happen. I can assure you that. Um, the uh, <laughs> uh, I saw the Harden trade this morning at like five fifteen, and um, looking at details, and I go on. Why'd you to, sleep in? I go into our Slack and uh, shout out to Vince. Our, our, you know, uh, here in the office, Vince saw it at 4.45, put it on, on the company Slack. So, uh, yeah, big deal, overnight while deal while you were sleeping. I texted my, I texted my brothers actually while you were sleeping. That's, that's what I wrote. Okay. Um, so once they woke up, they, they would see that the, although my brothers, do you know who was in the movie while you were sleeping? Uh, Tom Hanks. No. I think that's sleepless in Seattle. That's sleepless. Yeah. Okay. okay. You know what? I'll give okay. you something. Yeah. Well, a sleep movie. While you were sleeping. Who's in while you were sleeping? I believe that's a Sandra Bullock. Ah. Bill Pullman joint. Okay. Yeah. Was it a good movie? I haven't seen it in a very long time. Uh, okay. Uh, was it good when you saw it? And did it keep you entertained? Uh, maybe. I, okay. I don't have a strong opinion on it. Have you ever texted while you were sleeping? Not texting uh, while you're sleeping. Have you ever texted the phrase <laughs> while you're sleeping? No, but Casey does talk a lot in oh, his okay. sleep. Which you is found that out today or last night? Well, yeah. last few nights we've learned that, yeah. yes. Um, what'd you make of the deal? The Harden deal? I mean, the, I, I thought... The, 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 the boys, yeah. Bodner and Newbeck, were all over that. You yeah, can, you great. You can watch yeah, that now. Yeah, yeah, make sure after this show, after the Fletcher Cox interview, go back and, and, and check that out on our YouTube page. Um, what'd I make of it? They were. I, I thought it was a good return for where they were painted in the corner. Getting uh, two first-round picks, that unprotected 28 pick, seems like it, it could be valuable. Uh, I, I think they can. this sets them up for another move. It gives them optionality. I like K.J. Martin. I mean, I would have preferred for the Sixers, you know, man, but clearly they were not getting that. Seemed like the sticking point, yeah. Yeah. Um, but given that, like— there weren't a bevy of teams they could trade them to. I thought the return was 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 decent, and they're playing well without them. Maxie's taking that jump. Um, you know, Kelly Oubre has been putting up points. Uh, so, and I think they're more athletic now with with Martin. Um, so I'm curious what the next move is. I I think Daryl Moore usually has he's he's thinking you know two three steps ahead here. So I want to see what the second third step is. It almost sounds Zach like you kind of want to go to a game. Yes. Uh, well, I was already. That's that, that's that's a good transition and a good nod for me, uh, because I was looking at at um, tickets for this weekend. Uh, the Suns are in town on Saturday. It's a day game, and I wanted to take my my son. It's just not going to work out with our schedule. We'll go to another one. But where I look for tickets when I'm trying to get tickets is the Game Time app, um, and I, I I literally mean that. I go onto the Game Time app on my phone and you can too. And I'm going to tell you how to do that right can now. You? What's that? Two, Two can, can you? you. Uh, so with game time here, uh, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. And they're, they're not stressful for me looking for Sixers tickets because game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. So if my schedule does clear on Saturday and I'm able to go to that Sixers Sun game with the Sixers Suns game with my son, I would know to pull up the Game Time app and I can see flash deals for last-minute tickets. I can find easy-to-find 
I can I can find I can see easy to find tickets. And if I want to know exactly what the view is from the seat, although I know the Wells Fargo Center pretty well by now, but I could look that up with the image of seat views that they have. And it's the lowest price guarantee, which is always good to know. Uh, Game time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. I, I like that when you just pull it up right on your phone. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. What's your best Halloween costume, Zach? So my best Halloween costume, when I was in college, I used to do, wear the same costume every year. Hold on. Let's, let, let's give the audience like three seconds to think about okay. this. Zach was the same thing every year in college. And you know Zach. Just sort of think what, what would Zach do that would uh, hit his interests and also be incredibly low effort because he's a little bit above the, the whole Halloween charade to me. Yeah, when you're not. Eight years old, you shouldn't be dressing up for Halloween. But uh, <laughs> the buzzkill. The answer is, uh, should I say it? Or yeah, I think we, you can go now. Should we embrace the pregnant pause here, which they tell you to do in journalism? Um, I was someone says birthday suit. No, it was not birthday suit. It was um, I was Bill Belichick. I used to. I had a gray hoodie, and I would cut the uh, I would cut the sleeves at the elbows, and it was just like an easy. Halloween costume. Did you cut you, the sleeves every year or did you reuse the one that you cut probably the first time? probably reused the one that okay. I had. It was an easy costume to wear uh, back in college. You I like Munger. That's a good... Uh, <laughs> I wish. Um, but... Uh, no, see, now, someone suggests Jim Beheim, but he would have never done Jim Beheim because he had to maintain journalistic integrity yeah. for, as someone who might have to cover Jim Beheim. I did cover Jim Beheim and I would not... No, I had to, I had to maintain journalism integrity. I had to maintain yes. my journalistic integrity for sure. I wouldn't wear Syracuse gear back in college for that reason. Um, but when I was growing up, yeah, I was always like, a, you know, NBA player. Um, I think I was Deion Sanders for Halloween one year, okay. uh, which is, you know, relevant in, in the news. Now I, I had a 21 Falcons Jersey, uh, and I wore, uh, so I, I, I wore the bandana, um, that okay. he used to wear. So I think I wore the, the black 21 Falcons Jersey and a red bandana. I feel like with all of the Berman brothers, you guys had a chance to do like a good group costume idea. Uh, no, we we didn't we didn't really do that. But my my mom would always make us like, uh, and it's, it's gonna be cold tonight. My mom would always make us wear like the the jackets when we went trick or treating, and, and it was always hard to put like the jersey over the you know. I I had one of those starter jackets when I was growing up, mm -hmm. right? I had a Michigan starter jacket, um, and you you couldn't put a jersey over that, so. Uh, it would kind of like be a little buzzkill when you were wearing, you know, the jacket over the Halloween costume. Yeah, that's okay. What was your best costume growing up? Probably the Pillsbury Doughboy. Ah, okay. That seems very on brand. Yes. Yeah. Why is that on brand? Because it's like a creative costume. Because I'm, I'm an unfashionable fatso? No, not at all. <laughs> not. No, no, no. <laughs> not at all i'm just saying like if you're wearing a, a pillsbury doughboy costume you want people to notice that you're wearing that costume you're yeah, not wearing true. a pillsbury doughboy costume to kind of blend in right you're wearing it to stand out um you you want to be a point of discussion right like the belichick costume is like 
you just you just want to get through that party without anyone noticing that it's it, like you're dressing up for Halloween. If you're wearing a Pillsbury Doughboy costume, you want to be the well, yeah, top I mean, of the party. This was it. This wasn't in college. This was okay. You want to win sixth grade. Yeah, you want to win this sixth grade costume. Um, yeah. Why why do something if you're not going to try to win? No, I like that attitude. I saw on our Slack thread, and this has also been on social media that. Uh, Someone had the Randy Johnson costume with the bird. I think that I was good. That, I, I saw thought, that. thought that was fairly creative. Yeah. yeah. All right. Do you think the Eagles are going to do anything here in the next two hours? I think they could. Well, obvious statement, right? I mean, it's they obviously could. I, I do think Howie will look. And the more I thought about it, what you said yesterday on the show about edge rusher made a lot of sense, right? Because it's a position where you can never have too much depth. Um, they're 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 not using. Nolan Smith and uh, and Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett that much right now. Now, I would think this is me talking that Nolan Smith should be your, your midseason acquisition. Like play Nolan Smith more, uh, but that's a position that they would definitely want to fortify, especially knowing that you could lose Sweat and, and Reddick, and that really affects your entire defense. So you might want to have a little more insurance there, and there's some edge rushers that could be available. Um, you know, like. So uh, Carl Lawson is someone who's known to be on the trade block. Yeah, like I think, I think the prices that we've seen yeah. so far for those guys is pro- prohibitive yeah. for the Eagles. Uh, so we discussed linebacker yesterday. Here someone says apparently a lot of interest in Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson from the Bears requested a trade last night, overnight while you were sleeping. Uh, and do I see them making a trade for Jalen Johnson? That would surprise me. It would surprise me for this because I think that would require a relatively premium pick and then you would have to pay him. Um, and, and I, you're upsetting the apple cart of what's already going on in, yeah. the, in the cornerback room right now. Ex- exactly. So I don't see the Eagles. And I've, I've said this, and I could be wrong, but when we talked about Patrick Sertan, I, I, I said this, that the Eagles need to pay Devontae Smith. That's going to be a huge contract. They're going to pay Landon Dickerson. All right? Um, and I know there's going to be contracts coming off the books, but I think the Eagles are going to want to hold on to both firsts and their first, the next two years and these three seconds that they have, like those are five picks where I don't think the Eagles are going to uh, trade them for a player, you know, and also the Eagles might want ammo to move up or I should say assets to move up uh, in the draft from like 30, you know, they're drafting at 32. If uh, I mean, I mean, knowing Howie, if there's a guy, there's like an offensive tackle who's available at like 22 or 23 next year, you're going to want to move up in the draft. Uh, Howie likes to move up. We've seen that the past few years. So it would surprise me if the the Eagles traded a premium pick, and I think Jalen Johnson would probably take a premium pick. I also think— And Jalen Johnson is no Patrick Sertan. Yeah, exactly. If you're trading for Patrick Sertan, that's a lot. Exactly. the guy is maybe the best corner in football. Like Jalen Johnson's a fine player. I also think that Buffalo and San Francisco are two contenders who need corner help more than the Eagles. Interesting. Okay. Uh, all right. Before we uh, before we get to Fletch, I want to I want to just ask you about like your thoughts on having covered Fletcher Cox for twelve yeah, like years. Give me uh, like yeah. Obviously, we know that you made the trip down to Yazoo yeah. City. When when did you, for for the the newcomers? When did you make that trip down? Yeah. So all right, I I appreciate you asking me this this question. I I, I didn't have this prepared, but I, I like talking about this because uh, I don't want to say I came in with Fletcher. That's like. I started on the beat the same year as Fletcher Cox, 2012. I remember vividly. I think it's okay to say you came in with him. I, uh, he was the first round pick my first year. And that was Brandon Graham for me. 
And so, because I started the summer yeah. after the draft, so it was. So to give you a little background, like a, a little inside baseball of of beat writing, when you join a beat, I don't want to say it's intimidating, but but like there's people who are on the beat who are established who have all these relationships, right? So you, so you're not going to come in on day one and like have you obviously don't have all these relationships, but it's also hard to get someone to trust you who's been in there and trust people who've already been in there. Um, so oftentimes the, the, uh, the players who you have the best chance of building relationships with when you first come in are new players, are players who are rookies or are free agent signings. And so Fletcher Cox is the first round pick and uh, he was very promising, obviously. And so his rookie year, the, the, the Eagles played against the Saints. Um, and I flew the, and, and Yazoo city, Mississippi is about, uh, three, four hours from new Orleans. So before the, the new Orleans game, I flew, uh, I flew to Mississippi, flew to Jackson, drove to his hometown and spent, you know, two, three days there. Uh, I was in his childhood home. I was with his, uh, I was with his, his family, his late brother, um, his 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 mother his sister uh i was at the barber shop that he went to i was at his school i drove around with uh his high school coach there's something that i vividly remember and that's uh we were on i believe it was martin luther king drive um or boulevard and there's a bridge there uh and there was a guy so his coach tony wolfwork pointed to a, a spot where someone who's six foot seven, three hundred pounds, used to used to loiter, named Tutu, and he said Tutu uh, could have gone to the NFL, but Tutu got messed up in the wrong things and didn't graduate high school. And Fletcher Cox uh, did everything that he was told to do, worked hard, went to Mississippi State, was a first round pick, and got out of Yazoo City, which was a big deal in that high school. I remember his guidance counselor, Christy Cater, was telling me. Um, that well, she had what a, what a memory for the names of these people. She had uh, a newspaper headline, Cox Soars, um, the Philly, and uh, she would point it out to all the students who came in about, um, you know, how about getting out, and so did that. And then, uh, wrote that story, drove down to New Orleans. I actually wrote, uh, I went to the Saints facility, did a story on, on, on Jari Evans, who's a Philly native, and then I went to the Pelicans practice and did a story on what a busy weekend. Did a story on Hakeem Wark, uh, who was with the Pelicans at the time, uh, Philly native as well. Syracuse uh, guy. Yeah. So then, it, and I don't mean to monopolize this conversation. Well, okay. I, I, I want your Fletcher memories too. No, but no, then, good. but then I, I, uh, I, I covered Fletcher throughout his 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 career when he was. I remember uh, his rookie season. Jim Washburn saying like, uh, you know, God created Fletcher Cox to play in uh, that yes. defense. And then Jerry Azanero next year said, you know, you know, God created Fletcher Cox to play in any defense. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a big thing transitioning to the three, four. And he, uh, he was really good in that defense too, like really productive playing um, in Bill Davis and, and Jerry Azanero scheme there. And then, but uh he was eligible for the contract. Eagles signed him that to that big deal at the time. The biggest contract, uh, you know, was a uh, the biggest contract on the Eagles. And the um, I I remember vividly they had just hired Jim Schwartz, and the big talk was about um, how he would fit in Jim Schwartz's defense because Albert Hainsworth played in it, and Marcel Darius played in it, and Dominick Sue played in it, 
And uh, the 2017 playoff campaign, this is the last thing I'll say before I'll turn it over to your members, no, no, but the 2017 no. playoff campaign was Fletcher Cox's uh, his best. That run was awesome. Um, but I want to circle back to uh, the Eagles did a promo video. I believe it was before the 2016 season where they actually created a mural. Like it, the, the mural didn't exist. They created it for this promo video. And they had Reggie White in it and Chuck Bednarik in it and Jeremiah Trotter in it and Brian Dawkins in it. And they had Fletcher Cox in it. And I remember talking to Fletcher about like that specific mural. And he was uh, like, it really mattered to him. Like he had reverence for the great defensive players in Eagles history. Uh, he loved like, he loves this, this, this Reggie White throwback jersey, Reggie White. Uh, he he once wore ninety one for one season and like Reg and, and Fletcher took a lot of pride in that so uh, so uh, that that sticks out to me like the appreciation that Fletcher Cox had for the history of Eagles defenders. I think there's like there's the the core four as they call them right the the stolen uh, title for Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, and Fletcher Cox, and I do think that Fletcher Cox is probably the most underappreciated for what his contributions have been of that group. Like he doesn't have the outsized personality of, of Kelsey and Brandon Graham. And everybody is like, so focused on saying, anytime you talk about Lane Johnson, you're going to say, well, he's the best player. He, yeah. He's the best attack on football. Like Fletcher Cox was the best player on the team for a very long time and at a really important position. Um, and I think that that is because there is, there has been this, like, is he going to stay? Oh, they're resigning him. Like, is this a great deal? And it's gone the, the past couple off seasons. I mean, he's having a great season so far yeah. this year. But I think that, like, he, he gets a little bit under uh, shadow, overshadowed by those other three because, like, over the course of their careers, he's probably been the best player of the four of them. Yeah, he is the – I, I, I would agree with that. And I, I think back, and we discussed this on the pod – I was at the Pro Bowl following the 2019 season, and I did a story on Fletcher there, and I was speaking to Jason Kelsey. And Jason Kelsey said this in other interviews before too. But uh, Kelsey said he's only played with two guys in his career who are like Hall of Fame towns regardless, regardless of, of scheme. scheme. Yep. And he said Jason Peters and Fletcher Cox. And his point was that for a lot of players, and Kelsey put himself in this group, like the scheme needs to fit who they are in order to maximize them. And his point about Fletcher Cox is that no matter what, what defense he played with, no matter who he played with, um, he would be a hall of fame type talent. And he was an all decade team in the 2010s. Uh, and that always sticks out to me because like Jason Kelsey's played with a lot of great players during his career. And he identified Jason Peters and Fletcher Cox as the only two guys like that. All right. Well, FOCO, is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. So they've got overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. All right. With that, we are going to now 
throw to our interview with Fletcher Cox, who stopped by the studio just a little bit ago. That'll close the show for you. So enjoy that. We will be back tomorrow with a, an extra show. What time are you, 11? 11 o'clock tomorrow. 11 o'clock tomorrow. We look forward to that. Enjoy the trade deadline. If something big happens tonight, we will probably do an emergency podcast. So maybe this is the last you see us for tonight. Maybe not. Otherwise, enjoy Fletcher Cox. Hello, and welcome back to the PHLY Eagles podcast. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, and all of a sudden, Fletcher Cox <laughs> is with us. Fletcher Cox, it's, it's like... A, we have spent 12 years going to where you work, and now all of a sudden you've returned the favor to come to where we work. Thank you very much for being here. No, absolutely. I heard about it and uh, decided I'd just knock on the door, see who runs <laughs> the place, and uh, be on the podcast for a day. There we go. Less people getting changed in our uh, <laughs> workplace, but that's okay. Yeah, way <laughs> less people getting changed in here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's always uh, funny to hear y'all hear everyone's opinion about that, but it, it is different to see you know, be here and see where you guys actually work at your workspace and uh, Peter and Joy. So let's, let's, let's kick it off. Well, we, we are uh, excited to talk to you. And uh, Zach and I were talking about this. Like, it's weird. We've both got two kids. Like, we've known you for 12 years. We've known you longer <laughs> than we've known our kids. And it's this weird, like, uh, workplace acquaintance relationship. I know Zach's, Zach, like, never stops talking about his trip to Yazoo City he went to, what is it, P-Rouse? P-Rouse, yeah. P-Rouse, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Cajun Mudbugs. That's that right? right, Cajun Mudbugs, baby. Right there in Littletown, Yazoo City, Mississippi. It's great. And uh, it's, it's you know, you are 12 years into your career, one of the best Eagles of all time. And uh, we're, we're just happy to sort of unpack this stuff with yeah, you a little bit. I'm happy to be here. So uh, got the suitcase open, ready to unpack, and uh, here we go. happy to be here. Surprise guest here today. <laughs> Don't really what, need an introduction. Uh, <laughs> what... Uh, I guess what's different for you now versus the beginning of, of your career before we, we started recording, we were sort of talking about like the, the Tuesday routine, what, what you have to do for your body. Like how much more do you have to do than you used to have to do? I mean, norm, I mean, usually when I was, a, when I was a Wrigley a long time ago, uh, <laughs> you know, I could just kind of wake up out of the bed and, and go uh, just play a game and feel good the next few days, you know, and, and, and that felt great. But, you know, after playing so long and, you know, your body just taking so many reps and, you know, just become like, you have to kind of invest in your body a lot uh, because it's rolling out of those rolling out of bed and going to play days are kind of kind of over. Uh, even though I still call myself a microwave, just hit <laughs> the, the express, you know, the express button. Sure. But it's not like that no more. So I kind of it's a slow roast now and getting warmed up and, and getting ready to go. For, what for goes into that? What just a constant, you know, staying consistent, you know, staying consistent with um, how how I treat my body recovery wise. If I got like any like at this point in my career, like any like little little nagging, something that's nagging, I don't want it to be um, too big. I just kind of live in the training room and take care of it. Uh, and just the just the post practice, the post game stuff that I kind of massages and and making sure that I'm on top of stuff. On on that note, we talked about the twelve years. It's gone by fast for me. I remember when you were twenty one, but I'm <laughs> I'm not going up against Zach Martin and and all those guys. Um, what what keeps you going? What what keeps you going here? In year 12, playing 73% of, of the snaps, most snaps since 2019. Uh, yeah, what what has you out there every day? It's a lot that keep me going, you know. Um, I, I talk about it a lot, you know, the want, want to do it um, and, and and the drive that, that keeps me, um, you know, wanting to do it is, you know, being there, being a good teammate, being a good leader. And, you know, obviously I played a lot this year, 70-some um, percent of the snaps. And, you know, that's we've, we've had some guys down. Um, so, I, you know, I got to step up and play a little bit more 
um, role than um, what I normally do. So I've been enjoying it. Uh, we had some, like I said, had some guys down. I even had some guys go down last week and, you know, just put a couple more reps on me. But, uh, you know, I, I take full advantage of it. And I think I'm, uh, you know, later in the season, it's going to get a lot easier. Those reps will go down where then, you know, I could really take off, uh, you know, with the, with the end of the season. Now, it feels to me like, I mean, you have been playing very well this season. Do, do you feel like, uh, this has been one of your one of your best years in in recent memory. It has been. It has been. And you know, I was talking to um, our, uh, some. I think it was my cousin or you know somebody the other day, and it was like, man, like you look young again. And I, you know, I tell him, I said, I might look young, but I don't feel that way. <laughs> um, but I think the biggest thing is what really driving me is those young guys. Hmm. You know, uh, Jordan and Jalen and Milton and you know, Ojomo and you know Marlon and you know all those guys is 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 really that's who's, that's what's driving me because. The most important thing is they're so young and they don't really they don't really know, and the the thing they the favorite my favorite part is is I never hear them complain, and when I don't hear them complain about nothing, this makes me like yeah these are guys I really want to play with. Now that was once you, I, I mean what what Jalen Carter is now that was you in 2012 as the the first round pick, all the hype. Uh, what are you telling him now about your experience? And I I know you were in his ear throughout the summer trying to make sure that that he was ready to go. Just being a pro. And that may sound, you know, cliche or generic is just trying to teach him how to be a pro. You know, try to teach him, you know, how to respect the game, you know, what what really goes into the game of football and, you know, how to prepare. And I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, he's he's a stud. You know, the kid is he's unbelievable to be, you know, a rookie. And I told him, I said, I have been a rookie. I said, I've been drafted in the first round and and in this city, there's pressure. You know, no matter, you know, how, how you put it, there's pressure. And the city, they just want you to do good. Um, and I just just keep explaining it to him every single day. And he's just taking it on. And I see it grow every single day. In terms of, of player development, because you've got all those young guys you're talking about, in terms of, like, um, how guys get better, I, I feel like that a lot of the time that, that uh, credit goes to the coaches, right? But I think you have seen over the course of your career, like, the importance of a player-led uh, you know, progression and you working with those guys. Like, do you think that that we don't give enough credit to the player's role in getting other players better? Absolutely. I, I believe in it. I think that the, the 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 thing about it is with a lot of our young guys, especially Jalen and, and Jordan, um, I let let coach, you know, Coach Rock, I let him give him a, the tough love. You know, <laughs> and when I mean the tough love, you know, get on them, correct them. And then that's when I come behind him and say, you see, like the things that he's telling you is right. And sometimes it it, it Coming from player to player, the player can understand it more. Right. And then, you know, coming from the coach, well, they it's it's the tough love about it. And and that's the thing that we all need, right? We need the tough love and then we need somebody to come behind and say, hey, listen, you know, you take this step, take that step, it'll be that, you know, you get to the quarterback that much that much quicker. Is that the kind of thing where like you and Coach Rock talk about that? Like he's like, All right, I'm gonna come hard, you come in nice no, on the other not, side, or it's like just you just you just know. I I just know. And you know, I like I said, I'll stop. I will. I'll, I'll stop a meeting and kind of walk through those type of things with with JC or JD or Milton or whoever it is that he's trying to coach the point up to. And that's the, just the respect that you know Coach Rock and I have. Got it. And and it's it's the type of thing too. It's it's kind of like this under the radar leadership style that you have. You know, the Eagles have had a lot of leaders here during the past decade, um, and your style is unique to you. And it, it it probably doesn't get enough attention, like from us in the media. What do you do? behind the scenes that that people don't know about it's the way that I practice you know I practice hard and you know I, I drill hard individuals hard is, is individual is where you really get where you perfect your stuff at you know you and you can that stuff carries over the team but you know I express to the entire group that this is where we get better at 
you know, individual. This is where you get in shape at, in practice, you know, running to the ball and doing those type of things. And it's really funny doing training camp. A lot of young guys would come up to me and even, you know, man, you really be running. I said, <laughs> this is where this is where it all happens right now. I said, we can't wait October, November to get in shape. I said, we have to do it right now. And so who did you learn that from? Trent Cole. Hmm. I mean, he was, I mean, my first, first couple of days practicing with him, uh, he never, number one, he didn't come to OTAs <laughs> and he shows up for mandatory minicamp and I'm running to the ball and I just get a, and I'm like, and it's Trent flying to the ball and I'm like, oh, well, I must not be running fast enough. <laughs> and then that, 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 right, that right there really opened my eyes to know me. I thought I was working hard, but this guy, he's been around a while. He know what it takes. I need to, I need to follow him. Yeah. And, and, and so like, uh, you know, Jalen Carter, for instance, I, I know you were calling him basically every day during the summer. Is there, are, are there things like that that you do uh, where it's, it's not vocal publicly, but it's, it's vocal behind the scenes? Those are things that, that, that you look at and, you know, you, you, you grow as a teammate, you know, um, because obviously everybody had this whole deal about, you know, Jalen pre-draft. And, and, I, and I'll say right now, he's such a good dude. Hmm. I respect the I respect the hell out of him. He's he's such a good dude, such a good teammate. You know he don't he don't speak a lot. You know, and you you, you can help him with anything. But me calling him was, you know, just trying to grow to create their relationship early. You know, even though obviously you know I, I didn't I come to a few you know off season um, deals and you know he was there a couple of times and I was there and then just we talk and uh, talk ball talk life and you know I told him hey make sure you you know you stay in shape when you come back for training camp. The thing that that people always talk about with with Jalen now and and with you is just how strong you guys are. And I think there's something very cool about being like the closest player to the ball and you're just like the strongest player on the field and you're, and you're owning it. But does that, do, do you feel like because that's all everybody talks about, you don't get enough credit for like the craft of, of the position that you have? You just, you know, the craft is the craft, you know, you just, you know, you, you some get the credit, some don't, right? But you, you don't really worry about, you know, what, I don't really worry about what, what, what people say or think about, you know, what, what we're doing or what I'm doing. You know, all I want to do is I want to be there for the guy next to me, you know, each side. Um, and and I think, to me, I think that's all that matter. What was the term Jason Witten used? Man dog, I, th I, I think he said. <laughs> um, but, uh, you, you know, speaking of that, it's, 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 it's Dallas week here. You've had a lot of big games against Dallas. What's your most vivid memory against the Cowboys in your career? Oh, man, I had a couple. I, I've had a couple. But I think uh, I think the, 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 the one of the best memories was uh, – when when Chip was here, uh, we was at we was in Dallas, um, and uh, Brandon Boykin called game on mm. a pick yep. late in the game to win the game, and uh, I think that our sideline went crazy when that happened. Um, but uh, it's it's always uh, fun and, and challenging when you play them. They know us, we know them. Is there like a uh, is there like a nod? before like the first snap you and Zach Martin again, like, here we go again. Like, you know, all right. Like this it's is respect, like the 20th right? time we're playing it's against respect. each other. Like, it's, it's respect. We've played each other a lot. Yeah. yeah. What is, I think this is his 10th year. So that would be, I mean, I don't know if there have been missed games in there, but it's about 20 times. Yeah. We've played each other a lot. So <laughs> it's like, you might know anyone know it's like, bring it on and we'll talk after the game. Okay. You know, it's, it's one of them things. Like we, we got, like, we got our respect thing. We'll walk out to the coin toss. Um, and we'll talk and he goes, we both will go, well, here we go. Right. And you know, it's always, it's always, I look, always look forward to that though. Cause he's one of the, one of the best guards in football. And I still think I'm one of the best he tackles in football and uh, it's going to be fun getting after it. In the media guide, it says, uh, that I think you answered Tyron Smith's the, the toughest player you've ever gone against. 
Is that the case? When I was playing, when I was playing on the, on the um um, but was when when in that defense I was on that side at the yeah. time. Okay, I never really had a chance to go against him. Um, Zach a whole lot when I was on playing on the right side of the defense, but you know that's that's just probably changed. You know, I think I got a lot of respect for Zach, and uh, you know we have our battles. The last one that I want to ask you about because we got such a kick out of it was uh, the Phillies celebration that you went down. <laughs> on. Uh, I know that you've talked about it a little bit, but like, did you really just just sort of talk yourself in and just like I'm Fletcher Cox, I'm going in there now? I uh, mean, I just uh, I kind of found my way in there. <laughs> Let's just say that. And uh, the, at what point, like during the game, you're like, I'm going to go down there? No, it was no point during the game. I was going in there. <laughs> yeah. They won the game. I'm going in there. Like. I asked a guy like, uh, "How do you get to the clubhouse?" And he goes, "Go this there there." And I was like, "Yeah, take me that way." So I get there, and the, you know, the, the guard was at the door, and I was like, "Hey, I need to get in there." He was like, "Okay." <laughs> so I was like, went in there for a few minutes and uh, realized I, you know, kind of celebrated with them for a minute, and I needed to get out of there before I got in trouble. So, How long did it take you to get the champagne out of your beard? About two days. <laughs> the, the night after I tried, um, when I got home, then. Uh, Work the next morning and after work, the, after practice, because I got a whiff of it during practice with my helmet on and realized uh, <laughs> it's still not there. It's still not gone. And uh, But it took a couple of days and got it out and uh, it's all good. And does that work often in Philly? You know, you walk in somewhere and I'm Fletcher Cox. I'm getting in there. <laughs> well, I, I humbly walk in there everywhere I go. Yeah. You know, he got you works. in this building today. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I humbly walks in here. I knocked on the door and... Uh, no ID, no way to get in, like no tag. I kind of just, like I was- And I'm looking for Zach. FedEx man or something, and they let me in. So I'm, I'm here, surprised. Well, we are happy that you uh, made the trip today to, to come visit us, Fletcher. Thank you so much for, for taking the time. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. So for Zach and Julia and Fletch, that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll talk to you later. And as always, we love you. Mm -hmm. 